Hi, I'm Clemmie Telford and it's time to get open and get honest. Each week, I interview a guest about a topic that we, as a society, often shy away from. From sex lives to salaries, life and death, religion and real bodies, no subject is off the table. Welcome to Honestly, the podcast. M&S hardly need any introduction, but I am thrilled to have them on board as the sponsors of Series 2. I don't know about you, but whenever I buy something from M&S, I feel like a proper grown-up. From a classic trench coat to a great cut suit, I always feel assured that I'm investing in something that will stand the test of time and will remain a staple of my wardrobe for years to come. Today I am joined by student children's nurse, mother of two, and general hero because she got up at, what time did you get up? I got up at four, Clemmy. I mean, what a woman. She's got up at four to come here and she's on her third coffee as a result. She is Erin or Rin, as you prefer to be known. Which one? Yeah, it kind of just started because, I don't know, I mean, Erin really doesn't need shortening in any <laughs> no. shape or form. But for some reason, secondary school, it just got picked up to Rin. And then once I made it my name on Uber, it just kind of became a thing. Yeah. <laughs> From a, a girl who's called Clementine, Erin already feels like a, an amazingly short name and you've gone down to rim. So, to get ourselves comfortable and hopefully settle down with these strong coffees that we've got, I like to start with a quick fire round mm -hmm. where the name of the game is to be honest, of course. Mm -hmm. So, on a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Oh, I don't know. Well, I used to think I was really cool, but my teenage sister and my kids say I'm not cool all the time. So I'm going to I'm gonna say I started off, maybe when I was 14, at like a 10, and I reckon I've dropped to a 7. I mean, good for you for ever being a 10. <laughs> um, how nice are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I think I'm um, 8. I can be quite brash, which I think knocks me down. <laughs> so you're clinging on to an 8. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how strong are you? Oh, I'm not actually that strong. I I struggle with like pickled onion jars and stuff. I'm going for a six. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? Night owl, 100%. Oh, and that makes me feel doubly bad for how early you got up this morning. <laughs> dog or cat person? Uh, dog, 100%. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. What star sign are you? I'm an Aquarius. Hmm. When did you last cry? Mm, oh, on Saturday night because all my friends were leaving when we were out and I didn't want to go home. <laughs> uh, when did you last weigh yourself? Uh, I never weigh myself. When did you last go to the dentist? Oh my God, this is actually shameful when I was 17. So it's been a good six years, yeah. You're not the only one. This is why I put that question in. It turns out that lots of people don't go to the dentist. For I just can't find an NHS dentist where we are at all. So... I've sent the kids down with my mum when they're in London to but go you to one and a half term, but yeah. thing is, the longer it goes on as well, <clears throat> the more you don't want to go. Yeah. Have you ever wet yourself as an adult? Oh, God, yeah. I was <laughs> teaching the kids to skip in the park the other day. And um, yeah, there was a bit of an accident going on. My pelvic floor isn't great. Oh. How did you get on in your GCSEs and has it impacted your life? I did terribly. I think I left with four or five GCSEs. I then did get into sixth form, but obviously I was pregnant, so that's leave anyway. So yeah, it did have an impact. I then had to do an access course because I couldn't do A-levels and stuff. So looking back, I could have done better, but I was also pregnant, so I'll give myself, I'll cut myself some slack. <laughs> I can't even imagine kind of reconciling the two things at once. Um, where are you happiest? Mm, where am I happiest? In the pub, <laughs> actually. <laughs> 
what are you most afraid of? Uh, I have really bad um, tripophobia, you know, like the fear of small holes. So things like crumpets are absolutely banned in our house. It's really not as rare as you might think. It's not. It's like actually pretty common. But, oh, you know, those little frogs that have like the little baby frogs that come out of their butt. That makes me feel really (laughs) ill. Which is is like mind-boggling for me because you are... A student nurse, so you deal with some properly gross stuff, but a crumpet gives you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I mean, if a, if a child came in looking like a crumpet, <laughs> I think I would have an issue. <laughs> but if they're bleeding from wherever you're... Yeah, you're... that's fine. I can do with blood, no problem. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a phrase either fueled by coffee or that I didn't expect to hear this morning. Um, <laughs> biggest regret... I don't really have a biggest regret. I have like little regrets of things I've done and things I said, but I don't have any big regrets, really. And three words your friends would use to describe you. Um, loud. Loud. <laughs> and caring, I suppose. Well, that's all right, isn't it? <laughs> loud, loud and caring. <laughs> well, what a start. But the reason I've got you here is to talk about a big topic. Yeah. I've wanted to talk to Erin for a long time. We first met, which is always weird when you say meeting, because it was... <laughs> online on Instagram and she wrote an amazing post for me for Mother of All Lists called 16 and Pregnant. Mm-hmm. It blew me away and it, I mean I reshare it from time to time and it, it always it does amazingly because you were so articulate and made me look at the experience in a very different way. Today we're going to talk about universal credit. So universal credit, for those who don't know, is a means-tested benefit for people who are of working age who are on low income. It replaces six existing means-tested benefits, income support, income-based job seekers allowance, income-related employment and support allowance, housing benefit, child tax credit, working tax credit, and yeah. So whilst it is, okay, working age, actually a lot of um, claimants are over the age of 60 going into their 70s, people that should be eligible for pensions and stuff, but are being forced back into work. Even though it's an umbrella term for all of those benefits together, it was always rolled out as a money-saving strategy. And when it first came in in 2013, is that right? But it's only really beginning to... Yeah, the ramifications. I'm not sure about nationwide, but I know it's only been recently that the whole of Leeds, it's been in every area Um, when it was originally trialled it was actually considered unsuccessful but was still rolled out I'm kind of trying not to do loads of sighing but my instinct is to do a lot of sighing so tell us about you and your situation and how you came to be on universal credit Um, so I've always been on some sort of benefit so when I had Noah it was income support and then when he was 10 months old I found out that I hadn't been getting everything that I needed so then it was child tax credit alongside Um, when I married we were on working tax credits and child tax credits when my marriage broke down I knew that by informing tax credits it probably mean that I'd be transferred over into universal credit. What I didn't expect was the loss of actually what I was receiving now as a single parent to be quite what it was. They cut down from what we were on, it then became a quarter of what we were on as a family, down to just me and the two boys. And that happened kind of overnight or over what whenever you apply for universal credit there's always a five to six week wait so from the day you have said hi like i'm circumstances have changed Mm -hmm. they cut all tax credits you are then on your own completely for five to six weeks with absolutely no idea of what your entitlement is until they let you know five to six weeks later because i know myself when trying to do anything involving tax or hmrc or anything 
it is literally mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, the actual going through filling out the universal credit forms are incredibly difficult and the issue for me as well was that because I'm also a student it was a bit of a grey area they didn't really know what I was entitled to if I was entitled to anything which originally the decision was that I wasn't entitled to anything because I had a maintenance loan obviously maintenance loan is for the maintenance of one person not for one person and two children Um, obviously I'm really lucky I'm really vocal obviously I also have a little bit of a platform so when I was going through the whole universal credit applications I had a lot of people that were messaging me and saying no that's not right this is you need to do this you need to phone this person but obviously for a lot of people if they don't have that kind of support or even the voice you know you've got to remember that a lot of people on universal credit are already underprivileged or in poverty Mm. or not well educated and they don't have that kind of voice if you go to the job center none of them are actually very trained in universal credit yet so don't know themselves what you're entitled to and I also saw that a lot of the communication you have to do is, is via an online journal. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which must just feel like you're putting your most challenging things into this vortex oh, of nothing. mental. They do have a limitation on like how long they can take to reply. I think I think it's five working days, but I mean, I've waited over a month before for a reply from on the online journal. Um, it's really demoralising. So yeah, you're you are a student nurse. Yeah, in order to jump through the hoops, you need to, to go about yeah. applying for jobs that you don't really want that you can't take. Yeah. So originally, the advice was to leave my degree so that I could claim the full housing benefit that is part of the universal credit. Obviously, that for me wasn't an option. I personally don't have to apply for jobs because I am in full time education. But obviously, a lot of people do. I think it took over sort of the job seekers allowance, which I believe was fourteen jobs every fortnight. But these have have to be things that are online or you have to show you you know it's not just handing in a cv or you know you to show yeah. that you've done it yeah i will end up saving a lot more money when i'm qualified as a nurse and i'm working than i will if i was on universal credit for the rest of my life and we need nurses yes we do <laughs> in order to prepare for this podcast i went through like all of Erin's stuff. So I read all of her blog and I've, if you follow her on Instagram on her highlights, there's a whole thing about universal credit. Yeah. So I watched all of those. <laughs> but I tried to map out your your circumstances and yeah. like couldn't make head nor tail of it. And on one of your blog posts, you talked about a guy who was in front of you at the job centre. Yeah, I mean, that's not uncommon at all. So um, yeah, so this time I'd only gone in to drop off some evidence, I think, again. And um, a man in front of me was pleading, like desperately pleading with the guy saying that he, he can't claim universal credit. He's a carer for his disabled wife and his disabled son. You said on that post that the guy who was the carer was being encouraged to you can get a loan or an advance? Yes, yeah, so you can get an advance payment, which originally I thought was great. Um, Because when you apply, you are given no sort of guideline of what you will receive from Universal Credit. So they offer you this loan, which I believe you can just get upwards of a grand. I applied for £400 thinking, okay, that if I pay that over three years, that's going to be about 30 quid a month. It'll be fine. You have absolutely no sort of guidance with how much you can afford to take out. So if people are taking out £1,000, the chunk that is going to be out of their Universal Credit is going to be enormous. And this is a mad thing. At no other point would you take financial investment without knowing the lay of the land no. yet you're starting the people who are most vulnerable on this back foot mm-hmm. yeah it's a complete double-edged sword yeah and because it's because it is five to six weeks you know that can sometimes be two lots of rent in that time or you know two lots of council tax mm. and whatever and obviously that amount can really really leave you behind and it's so emotive for so many people and i think you know i 
I'm well-spoken, I'm white, Mm. my background isn't particularly from one from poverty and, you know, I want to do this topic justice. But it's so hard to do this topic justice Mm. because people are being wronged so badly and we're not talking, you know... A little bit. <laughs> this no, is yeah, this is you life know, ruining. and and the the bitterness that comes with being, you know, I've experienced it myself towards my friends, towards members of my family. The bitterness that comes with being so poor is awful mm. because you are constantly looking at stuff you cannot afford, things you cannot afford to do. You constantly feel like you're failing as a mother. I mean, it really goes down to even things like hygiene. Mm. You know, they're not actually on this time, but when I was six, uh, seventeen, and I was on income support, like the best gift anyone ever bought me was my friend bought me shampoo and conditioner because I just couldn't afford it the issue of universal credit is just there's so little about it even if you google you know universal Mm. credit there is which I have done a lot this week yeah so little comes up I did find YouTube was quite useful um quite a lot of videos on it but yeah so little comes up that actually you can't really blame people for not knowing that much Mm. because if it doesn't affect your life directly you wouldn't really know and obviously it doesn't help that the stigma around benefits is so great that there are such terrible programs on TV that kind mm. of encourage this this view yeah. of people. You also never know how life's going to unfold. You know, there are people who currently might be sitting in a position of privilege, mm-hmm. and and your cards get dealt a different way. And and oh god, changes. yeah, anyone's marriage can break down. Yeah. You know, anyone's partner could pass away. You you really don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a thousand and one people sitting there in this situation saying I never thought this would be me yeah yeah and I never ever thought it'd be me either I never thought that I would go from being 17 year old on benefits to now being at university and feeling like I've come so far in my life and actually being the poorest I've ever been honestly I'm a summer person through and through but seeing what's in store at Marks and Spencer's might just persuade me to enjoy autumn there's some gorgeous knitwear and trend-led denim that make the cooler days seem a little bit more appealing Head over to mns.co.uk to see for yourself. Lots of people recommended I spoke to Erin. Little did they know she was already lined up to come. But I did ask my audience how many of them were on Universal Credit. And 5% of them were. And they said that it that made them feel vulnerable, worthless, scared, stuck, lost, anxious, guilty and useless. What a powerful collection of words. And then unusually when I ask those questions, people then actually message me with their experience. Usually they just they just give me a couple of word answers, but as you say it's so emotive that they mm-hmm. they message me. So here are some of them. I'm told to go jump job hunting. I've had a job every day since I was 16. It's a waste of time for me and employers. The stigma needs to stop. It's disheartening to try your best and feel like you're better off not working. I am stunned that the services that were supposed to support me and my family are actually what's making us hit rock bottom. And then a few people messaged me to say that they were embarrassed to realise their privilege and that they hadn't even heard of Universal Credit. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to what we're talking about, you know, if we open one person's eyes, it's a good thing. And I asked people if there was any questions they had and they said, is it as bad as it's made out to be? God, yes. And so <laughs> and, and much worse. Yeah. <laughs> How different is it from the old system? Did you claim on the old system? Yeah, so the old is completely different. Um, I mean, I can't really speak from this place because I don't know enough about it, but I know for disabled people claiming it's just a whole other ball game. Um, the decision maker that decides whether they're fit or not for work is brutal. There are people, you know, with chronic conditions and blindness and god knows what else being forced into work which 
would have happened on the old system, but not quite to the as tough, and they wouldn't have been sanctioned. You know, you're looking at sanctions where I think I can't remember exact um, figures for the first and second sanction, but your third sanction is three years long. So if you have missed three appointments or not completed the amount of job applications needed um, three times, then you are sanctioned for three years. And we're talking sanctions that are so low, people are getting like £5 a month and rely wholeheartedly on food banks. And then this is the one which you nodded to earlier, but that really stopped me in my tracks. How many abused women have died as a result because they feel trapped and unable to leave abusive men? Yeah. And I was just like, wow. It's universal credit disproportionately affects women. It is a huge women's issue. Mm. You know, people are trapped. We did become homeless because of universal credit. The only women's refuge anywhere near me was in Peterborough. That would have meant ripping my son out of nursery, myself out of university, Noah out of school. And it's just not viable. There is everything is being shut down and they're all interlinked. So we're making all these people homeless but there's nowhere to put them. You know, you can't even imagine walking into a food bank because you can't walk in Sainsbury's and decide what you're going to have for dinner. And Mm. it's things like that. It takes away all choice. You don't get a choice. And, you know, it breaks my heart at Christmas, you know. And it's so funny because before Christmas, I wasn't on universal credit. But I can remember picking up these chocolate calendars in Sainsbury's and putting them in the food bank thing. And then I thought, oh, my God, but there's going to be more than three kids in there that need a Christmas mm. calendar. It really is just crazy. You know, children have to pay for milk for school and there is no resources for that. It just it just takes away all options. My sister used to work for Kids Company. And so I have a pretty real understanding of, of the poverty that's happening, especially if you yeah. live in a city. You know, kids going to school having not eaten. Mm-hmm. And that thing of kids, if you've got them brilliantly, are uh, often riddled with lice, head lice, mm-hmm. nits, they, you know, it literally goes round and round and round and not being able to afford to to get rid of them, you God, know. God, I had thrush, like, and it sounds so stupid, but I had thrush for like a month because I could not afford afford the canister. No, because it was just it was just out. Of, you know, there was no way that that right then and there would have been birth. something. Yeah, and I know that may sound so grim, but it is these the kind of, of things. It. Yeah, the reality of it is so hard hitting, you know. And I want my kids to be able to do things like dance lessons and. You know, even after school clubs, breakfast club, you know, I need those sort of things to be able to go and do my degree. But there is no budget for it whatsoever. So what about school uniforms and and things like that? Luckily, I have a mum who is not well off in any shape or form and has also had to, you know, rely on tax credits um, as we were children and stuff. But, you know, she did, was able to buy the school uniform. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that at all. And then, you know, we know what kids are like. They lose their jumper on the second day. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, endlessly. Yeah. Or they they do that thing where one day they wake up and they've grown out of every single item of their clothing. Yeah. And they and they want for they want for things, don't they? Mm-hmm. We, we've wonderfully have hit a phase where Bertie only wants to wear football kit. Great, <laughs> everything I dreamed of. That's an expensive thing that he wants. And, yeah. You know, like how how do we help people? What what can people who are in a comparative position of privilege? What can we do to help? What I keep trying to point out is that this is. If it doesn't directly affect you, it is everybody's issue. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that truly believes that we have, like, um, 
we owe society something mm -hmm. and that is you know to keep mothers children disabled people safe and this is dangerous and i would urge everybody even if you have an mp you don't particularly is on side with your views to you know email your mp update them of what you think about universal credit see if there's movements like women's life matter or women's strike assemblies nearby to you that are holding meetings are there councillors meeting about it are there trade unions meeting about it and get get on side and just show your support i mean last night at the meeting that i went to which was to put demands to lead city council on supporting people on universal credit um the idea obviously the utopian idea would be to completely get rid of um universal mm -hmm. credit but you have to take baby steps. So we're yeah. aiming to go to the council with a list of demands that need to be met. And these are really basic things like rather than people having to apply for the loan, can there be a hardship fund? You know, that that kind of thing, you know, better childcare, get rid of the 30 hour scheme that isn't working mm -hmm. anywhere and reopen the council funded nurseries. Find out where local meetings are and what is going on. And if there's just anything you can do, I mean... <laughs> There's this weird misconception in Britain that people on benefits just have more. You know, they've got the big TVs and they smoke 400 a day and how they've got money for cigarettes or they haven't got money for anything else. But actually, we are one of the lowest paying governments to people on welfare in the whole of Europe. Two more questions. One is, is talk about social media mm -hmm. and, and how that's played a part in this for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's played a massive part, actually. I mean, I've had the blog, I think, for two and a half years now. And it's always had a good reception, but nothing has had quite the reception that the universal credit thing has, I think. And that is just because there are so little people speaking about mm. it. And obviously, it is something... I mean, I know your followers was 5%, but I think mine would be much, much higher. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, which is why also I'm very careful of things like advertising and stuff like that because I know who my demographic are and I would never want to put something out there advertising it knowing that this isn't feasible for the mm. people that are following me. I'd like to think that in some ways I've been able to prepare people that are about to go on universal credit for what's coming so they can make any sort of provisions for what is expected. I know quite a lot of my followers have been really active in um, speaking to their MPs about it, which is really all that I want. I wish I had more of a quick solution. Yeah. But <laughs> well, that, funnily enough, my next thing I've got in capital letters is solution. And yeah. on stories you joked about <laughs> getting a sugar daddy, not yeah. advisable. Well, I mean, it's good if you can find one. But on a personal level, what what do you see as your path now? Um, I'm really going to push this stuff. Now I've become a bit more involved with the groups going towards um, the council. I've become a lot more involved with that. Hopefully we'll be doing a lot more sort of leafleting and going and we'll speak to my own student union at university and hopefully get them on side as well. Universal credit has a huge effect on students and something that came quite apparent in the meeting last night that hadn't actually been considered that heavily before is how bad this is for students yeah. you know we're talking about there was a woman last night who is full-time studying her maintenance loan doesn't cover living costs but she's disabled and she cannot work but because she is at university on what they see as a good enough amount to live on she's unable to claim any sort of universal credit 
So it's just, it's students, and they say it to you, the job centre, it's this grey area. We don't really know, you know, put in your application and see what happens. And just hope. Yeah, and I mean, I have students messaging me and there are some people who are getting the higher, you know, we've all got the same circumstances on paper. Some are getting the higher tariff and some people are getting even lower than I am. So it just doesn't seem to be any sort of proper means testing. It does just seem they're putting their hand in a hat and pulling out an amount. And you never get a justification either. You never get a justification of this is why you are getting this and that that is that. No, nothing. You're just like this. This yeah, is it. This is it. And, and that in itself is so frustrating. All of us just want to understand, don't we? Mm-hmm. In, in any of our yeah. life circumstances, and then putting it onto your online journal. I mean, you just want to smash the screen. Yeah. <laughs> It's not an optimistic story, but... No, it's not. And it's going to be bleak for a few years, I think. Another thing I would just say as well, if you can be any sort of advocate for someone, so even if that means offering your time, I mean, I hope that there's some stuff going sort of, you know, in every council, but in Leeds City Council, we're looking towards sort of setting up like a support clinic, mm-hmm. not not cab, not somewhere that can just point you in the right direction. A, 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 a real, Yeah, a real human interaction, because that is a lot of the issue. There is no human interaction interaction so if you do get in contact with council see if they've got anything running like that as well and see if you can be an advocate for people mm. someone that can go along with someone to a job center interview yeah, you know, a, yeah, yeah like an appropriate, yeah like an appropriate adult kind of system because obviously people are on their own in this and, and it's just a sanity check isn't it that's the thing like especially if you're you find these yourself in this situation when you've got divorced you've, yeah, you're suddenly single so mm-hmm. you're losing that person to, to bounce things off and to try and rationalise with and I mean that's for people who can can rationalise yeah exactly and, and whenever you're I mean, in survival mode it's yeah. very hard to be rational yeah and I mean you know there are some people out there who won't even know they're being done wrong there are some people who do have an intellectual disability, um, any of those kind of things where they, you know, a learning disability, they cannot actually understand that what they're living on isn't, isn't, right. yeah, isn't right. And th- we should not be doing that to the most vulnerable in society. We should be looking after them and we're not. We are pushing them so low. Obviously, there's a lot of other issues uh, related to benefits as well. Like, obviously, there's a lot of issues with carers and the working hours. And I know that there's another crazy thing under universal credit where you are not eligible for 30 hours if you are a single parent of a disabled child you have to be what yeah you have to be in a partnership to get the 30 hours if you are a carer for a disabled child how can that possibly i don't know the nurse mum on instagram yeah, speaks amazing. About, yeah she speaks a lot about that kind of thing and the struggles there is to get what you're entitled to but again this is a group of people that are completely marginalized and often don't have a voice because you know if you're a carer for a child you don't get the time <laughs> to sit around and write blog posts no, and email and yeah no you don't at all i hope anyone can listen to this and and feel motivated to do something or to do anything and at the very least follow the couple of people that we've mentioned including Erin here can you remind people of your social handles yeah so it's noamroblog.com for my blog site and for Instagram it is noamroblog and do you have anything else you want to promote or talk about no give her a book deal somebody (laughs) yeah I have actually written a book okay well this is easy so if anyone wants to give me a book deal I'm here for it do you want to give us a little top line about what the book is or do you want to keep that under wraps it's it's not real life. It's based fiction. on... Yeah, it's fiction. Oh, it's that's not, good. Yeah, it's nothing to do actually with me directly, but um, it's 
kind of a lot of things combined. So there is a bit of teen pregnancy in that, obviously. <laughs> well, there you go. Any publishers out there? And then I always like to end with who would you have an honest conversation with and what would you say? Could be a troll, could be a celeb, could be a friend, could be a younger version of yourself. Oh, God. Um, let's go for Jeremy Hunt. Just so I can give him the biggest grilling of my life. I mean, it probably wouldn't get anywhere, and he is a politician, so he'd lie through his teeth. But, you know, why not? Bring it on then, Jeremy. (laughs) And then um, a new bit that I've introduced, which is I got called out that perhaps I wasn't honest enough. So I'm going to be honest about something. So I'll be honest. I've never watched Star Wars, and I don't even want to, and I'm not even ashamed. And I know that means that I'm going to be met with gasps from a lot of people who bloody love Star Wars, including my husband. But I've never watched one, so that's that. Yeah, nor have I, actually. I've never watched a Home Alone or a Lord of the Rings. Uh, Home Alone is, like, doable, though. That's really fun. Oh, no. But no, not Lord of the Rings. I don't agree with the morals of Home Alone. (laughs) No, true. (laughs) It is. No, it's true. Um, And Game of Thrones. The list goes on. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be honest, I've never watched Star Wars. (laughs) So that's it. I've been Clemmie Telford, and this lovely lady has been Erin, and this has been Honestly Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your mates all about it. And before I go, one final thank you to the brilliant team at MS. I'm over the moon to be partnering with them on this season of Honestly. These guys are making it possible to bring these important conversations to life and supporting my mission of truth and transparency, as well as making my very favourite cashmere jumpers on the high street. Oh, and one final thought. I'm always looking for inspiration for new subjects. So if you've got any topics that you'd like me to cover that I haven't done already, please do send your suggestions my way. You can either leave a comment below on iTunes or hop over to Instagram and send me a DM. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much.